0: I'd like to return your Bibles this evening to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. While you're turning there, we'd like to welcome our radio audience. This is Brother John Lybrook, pastor of the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church at Old Town. That's just outside of Greenup County, out of Carter County. You can get to us by taking Route 1 or Route 7. We have a sign on either end of Laurel Road giving you directions to the meeting house of God's people. Here at Emmanuel, and we're thankful that you've taken time also to tune in WGOH to hear a portion of God's Word. And I pray that this very day lives will be changed. That's been my prayer. Uh, I'll tell you, every, every time that I have the opportunity to preach and bring forth the Word of God, my prayer has always been, Lord, <clears throat> Lord save some lost soul today. And you know what my, my prayer was this morning as I sat and I prayed and I mentioned my name every person that I recognized in the pew as being unsaved and I said, Lord I know you have power to save them every one this very day and I pray that you will do so. That ought to be our prayer. We ought to have that kind of a desire to see lost souls saved by the grace of God and added to His flock. But as I sit and I think about that, you know, we also, uh, on the other hand, you see people in the world that they're going through life and it's almost as if they have absolutely no one to call a friend. You see it everywhere you look. I mean, there's despondency upon the faces of individuals, whether they're adults or even young people. I've seen sadness and heartache and hardship, it seems. Seems like, you know, you look at some people and it's, and it's like they've lost their best friend. Well, maybe they have lost their best friend. And I want to talk to you today about a friend. I'm talking about a friend who you'll never imagine what this friend can do for you. In John chapter 15, beginning at verse 7, the Bible says, "If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit; so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue, ye, in my love. If you keep my commandments." And ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy. You see, this is the joy that goes way beyond our joy. This is the kind of joy that is is actually felt and it's noticeable. It's not a fleeting thing with us. It doesn't change with the times It doesn't change with the circumstances. The joy that He is willing to give us is His joy. And again it says that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends He says, you are my friends. Child of God, I want you to realize today, if you're saved by His marvelous grace, you are His friend. Amen. I mean, you, you have something special. As He walks by your side, as He talks to us in the cool of the evening, You know at the end of the day when it's been a long day and it's been a hard day and there's been a lot of issues going on, it's that friend. It's that friend that lays his hand upon your shoulder and says, I'm here with you. It's that friend that lays... Your head against His breast. In times of difficulty, in times of situations where you don't know which way you're going to go. That's the kind of friend I want to talk about today. He says, you are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what is Lord doth, but I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Today I want to bring a message, what a friend we have in Jesus. It's no new message, it's a message that no doubt is preached all around the world today about Jesus Christ being a friend But I dare say that this message today, it comes from the heart of a pastor to his people. And it comes to those that I pray one day will know him as friend and Savior. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, dear God, again as we come before your throne, we do so with thankful hearts and humbled hearts. Lord, we, we're so thankful for your blessings upon us, and Father, for being that friend in times of special need, to being that friend who always has the right answer, for being that friend who makes the promise of home real. And what a friend we have in Jesus who would bear all of our sins and iniquities and pay our sin debt on the cross of Calvary who would willingly lie out and stretch out His arms to pay our sin debt in full. Lord, I thank You today that You are our friend. I thank You, dear God, that You're more than just a trusted friend. You're a friend all the way to the end. And Father, I pray today for our congregation. Lord, I'm praying for those that are hurting. For those that are suffering. from those that are sick today. Lord, I know that. You're so close to your children that you feel their infirmities, their heartaches, their concerns, their, their worries. Lord, and I thank you that you're that kind of friend to us today. And Father, I'm praying for that lost soul that may be here who has never repented of their sin and trusted you as Savior. Lord, today they need to see what a real friend is. A real friend, Father, that will not lead into temptation. That will not lead into sin and sorrow and suffering. But you're a friend who helps us in times of such. And for that, I'm grateful, and Lord, I pray that You'll bless Your people here this morning. Watch over us, and Father, forgive us our sin, in Jesus Christ's name, and amen. What a friend we have in Jesus. Emmanuel, to our visiting friends in our radio audience, there is no greater friend than the one that we know is Jesus Christ. We sing that old song on page 315 quite often here, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. I want to kind of go over that song for just a moment before we get into our scripture. Where it says, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. And folks, is that not true? Is it not, is it not so that when things come up in our lives, sometimes we forget to immediately pray, but we often worry and forfeit that blessed privilege. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. What a friend, or have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care? Precious Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. You know today, as I sat and you have to, you have to imagine the thoughts. Of folks who are suffering today and your heart has to go out to them. Folks that are hurting from loss of loved ones. Maybe it's bad news that the doctor gave out and there's a lot of folks that are hurting today. There's folks that are hurting because they don't know what's going on in their lives and their perplexed over situations that have come up. but then there's Jesus. Then there's that Savior who says, regardless of what you're going through, I'm going to be there with you. Folks, I don't fully understand everything about the love of God, nor the love of my Savior Jesus Christ. There's things that I have yet to experience in my life, but yet I sit and I ponder and I consider the hurt in the the world today. And you have to say, what do people do that do not have the Lord as their Savior? How can they cope with situations such as we see on a daily basis? You see, we that are saved are able to take it to the Lord in prayer. Even when friends despise us and forsake us, we're able to take it to the Lord in prayer. In His arms He'll take and shield thee. Thou will find a solace there. I'll tell you, that song just... It just I've thought about that song all week and as I said in my study and I tried to prepare for this sermon this morning. It seems like everything that has happened to me in my life, I go back and I see Jesus. I see the Savior, the one who said I'll be your friend. He's always been by my side. And and folks, you cannot deny it. If you're saved by the grace of God, you know what I'm saying. Oftentimes, those that are lost do not recognize the hand of God in their lives, nor of His providential care upon them. But what a friend we have in Jesus. First of all today, as I, as I look at this study and I, I thought about what a friend we do have in Jesus... Jesus, as your friend, gives you a way to the Father. He is the one who opens access that our prayers can go straight to the very throne room of God. You saw that in the book of Matthew, in, in Matthew 27, where when Jesus Christ gave up the ghost... The Bible says the temple veil was rent from top to bottom, signifying the fact that God was satisfied with the sacrifice of His Son for the people whom He sent to die for. You see, before, behind the veil was the only place that the high priest could go, and he's the only one that could go in there and offer the the prayers and the petitions of the people of God. But when Jesus Christ came, when Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary, when He paid the sin debt in full, God was satisfied with what was done. He no longer needed that middleman in the way. He no longer needed the the, the sacrificial uh, offerings that were offered on on a daily and weekly and monthly and yearly basis. Because when Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary, it was once and for all, and it took care of all that was done and said. That's a friend. But our friend gives us free access on our behalf. It cost him everything. But he gives us access to the Father. You know, I mean it's something special when you're when you're with a, when you're with somebody and they well, maybe you've got a, a, a close friend that you're really that you're really close to, and and they want to introduce you to their dad. Makes you feel kind of special, doesn't? it? Folks, that's exactly what we have in Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary, He gave us free access to His Father. The Bible teaches us very well. If you'll turn with me to a few scriptures in the book of Ephesians, we'll start there. And I want you to think about this now. Your ability to go to God in prayer is because that Jesus is your friend. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 18, notice what it says here. For through Him, Jesus Christ... We both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. It's through Jesus Christ, the greatest friend that could ever have. In Hebrews chapter 10, again, we see quite a few scriptures that reveal unto this, unto this generation that we're that we are in even now. That one of the greatest things about being a friend of Jesus and Jesus being your friend is. You have access to the Father. It says in Hebrews chapter 10, beginning at verse 19, if you'll look at that with me now. Think about this now as we read it. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way, which He hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say His flesh, And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke and to love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Folks, I'll tell you, I don't know what you really think about a message such as this, but without that friend in Jesus, we would, we would all still be in dire need. Jesus as a friend gives us the ability in our time of prayer, whether you're in secret prayer, whether it's, whether it's uh, uh, audible prayer, it's access to God. There's times when we meet in the prayer room And I like to pray my prayer as such. Heavenly Father, once again, we are thankful to come into your presence, knowing it's not through us, but through your Son, Jesus Christ, that we have access. And as I said, and I think about the prayers that we're allowed to offer up, it's all because of Jesus, the closest friend who gives the door for us to go to the Heavenly Father. Now secondly, I want you to look at this. Jesus has a friend and gives us a home in heaven. Amen. There's been many of us that have watched our loved ones pass from this life to the next, and they've, they've gone to their long home. Ecclesiastes calls it the long home. In other words, it's it's our place of eternal abode. The Bible says that our citizenship is not down here. I believe it is in Philippians chapter three, if you'll look there with me for just a moment, that you'll see that our conversation is in heaven. That word conversation there means home. Our home. In Philippians 3 and 20, the Bible says, For our conversation is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our conversation, our home, our long home, is in a place called heaven. That's that's what we have in the friend Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, in John chapter 14, Another well-versed scripture says in verses 1 down through verse 3, Let not your hearts be troubled. Why? Because Jesus, your friend, is saying this. Let not your hearts be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. What does John 17 say that Jesus is? Jesus is in heaven with His Father. In John 17, He's offering up the prayer. And it wasn't just a prayer for His closest apostles and disciples there then. He says, it's also for those whom thou will give me. (laughs) You and me. We have the ability to come before him and and to know also that we're going to have a home in heaven when we pass from this life to the next. The Apostle Paul made sure to make mention of the fact to to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. And folks, that means we're going to go home one day. That's a promise that God gave each and every one of us of His friends. Remember, in John 15, He says, we're His friends. What a friend we have in Jesus. See, friend, I want you to know, it is something to sing about. It's something to be for us to consider even right now what a friend we have in Jesus. That home in heaven is a place that's being prepared. In Ephesians, we'll go back here for just a moment in Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning at verse 11. Now look at this with me. He says, Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called circumcision in the flesh made by hands. This was the controversy between the the Jew and the Gentile. But that at that time ye were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise having no hope without God in the world. You see, that's the reason why today that I say that you need a friend like Jesus. Because without Jesus you don't have the hope. And you are without the God of heaven. This morning I sat as, I believe it was Brother Jamie was speaking, and The thought, the title, come to me in Matthew chapter twenty-four, title that I hope to build a sermon on. When all hope is gone, you know when all hope was gone with the people of Noah's day, when the door shut. It wasn't even when the rain began to fall; that was already. That was, the door was already shut, it didn't matter. If they changed their mind then, it was, it was still too late. You see what I'm saying? All hope was gone when the door was shut. When that day of grace had come to an end, when Noah had preached and, and had published the Lord Jesus Christ's salvation through the ark, Everybody kept turning away from it until the door was shut. That's when all hope was gone. But you know when they realized all hope was gone? When the rain began to fall. And the water began to ascend up. As Brother Jamie said this morning. See there was a time that we had no hope. But now we do. Verse 14 of Ephesians 2 says, For he is our peace, who hath both won and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity when even the law of commandments contained in the ordinances, for to make in himself of twain and one new man, so make him peace, that he might reconcile both unto God in one body, by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you that were far off, and to them that were not. For through him we both, we both have access by one Spirit into the Father. Now you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints of the household of God. Fellow citizens. Of a home in heaven one day. Thirdly I want you to think about this now. With Jesus as your friend. And this is one of the most important things. That you can get a hold of if you don't know him. Thus far I've been speaking mainly to those that are saved by the grace of God. But now I want you to realize that Jesus was a friend of what the book of Matthew called publicans and sinners. Aren't you, aren't you glad today that he was? He's just that way. He's a friend to those in need. He's a friend to you today. Whether you realize it or not, you're in need. You're in need of salvation today. You may not realize it right now, but if that moment and that day of grace was to close on you, you would realize it very quickly. As Brother Jamie said this morning, when you're taking that chance, is it worth it? If the door should be closed today, if the door should be closed right now, see, there's none of us that knows exactly when our appointed time is, but we all have an appointed time. And if you've never been saved by the grace of God, you're... You need to know that you're living on dangerous ground right now, because we all have that appointed time. Some are, some are, as Brother Jamie said this morning. You know, there's some grave markers that, you know, they're listed as the birth and, and death day is the same day. You know, many of them died maybe just minutes after day, after arrival upon this earth. But then there are others that are hundred years old. But then there are those that are from a from hundred all the way down to zero. There are those that are even older than that. You see, death is coming. And it's coming to all. The only way that... You're going to get out of this life with any future at all is to have a friend like Jesus. The future of the Christ rejecter is a a hideous thought. You can see by your mind's eye what God says is going to happen to the Christ rejecter. There, from the book of Matthew all the way into the book of Revelation, where the Bible speaks about that awful time. Where the soul and the body is going to a place that cannot be destroyed. Where the worm dieth not. In other words, where that conscience never goes away. The memory of every gospel message will always plague you the memory of every opportunity of escape at every invitation, at every gospel service. But I'll tell you, Jesus is a friend who will absolutely save your soul. Jesus as your friend will mean salvation to your lost soul. Uh, you know we we often read it, and I never fail to use it. Probably every week I use it. John three sixteen. It's all right. I tell you what. There's no greater truth in it. No greater way of salvation than to know that Jesus Christ came and died on the cross for your sins. Where the Bible says in verse 15 that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have eternal life. You know I ask ask our young people today do you have the hope of the future? Do you have any hope? Or is your mind going ever which way in the world wondering Am I going to make it through? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That makes Jesus your friend. You see, He was that one who was willing to lay down His life that you might have life and have it more abundantly as it says in John 10 and verse 10. In Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9, the Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You see, there's the friend. That's what happens when you have Jesus as a friend. Remember that old song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Remember that as I'm preaching this message, and I pray that God will move upon your heart. But you say, well, preacher, I've heard, I've heard your preaching. I've heard what the Bible says. You know, the Bible, the Bible, my friend, has the very, the very words of hope and life. It has the means by which you can become a friend of Jesus. Romans in chapter 10 verse 8 says, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that God, oh excuse me, that is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess in thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness; with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth in him shall not be ashamed. You know. Sometimes I wonder if people are just afraid of what other people might think. What your peers going to say? You know what? This is one thing I've come to find out that those that are saved have a new class of friends. <laughs> have a new class of people to live, to live with and rejoice with. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But there again we have that one verse right in the middle of this passage of hope where Isaiah said, Lord, But who has believed our report? You know, I look out from time to time and I say, Lord, are they going to believe? In my prayers, I'm praying, Lord, help them to believe. Lord, they need a friend. They need one that they can count on. You see, that's what this world is giving people today, something that they can't really count on. Denominations that go by works for salvation, you can't count on that. As a matter of fact, it is what the Bible says in Isaiah 64, it's nothing but filthy rags in God's eyes. What you need is a friend like Jesus. What you need is to trust Him. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. You see, this is the greatest thing that you can have today, is the ability just to hear in simple form. I'm not, a, I'm not a, one of those screaming preachers, Well, I raise my voice from time to time, but I'm not a pew runner. I don't come back and point people out. I just want you to know the truth about who you can trust, and that's Jesus. The greatest friend that you'll ever have is Jesus, because He can bring you salvation. But lastly, I want you to think about this. If Jesus has your friend and you're saved, you receive a loyal companion, a loyal companion, one who says, "I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you." Is that not what Hebrews 13:5 says? That's what it is to have Jesus as a friend? He's one that will never leave you when you're in times of hardship. Maybe you're going through a loss. I go back and I think about John 11 and Mary and Martha. The loss of their brother Lazarus. The Bible speaks about the fact that Jesus loved them so much. Now I've heard all kinds of preaching on why Jesus wept. But I believe Jesus really had compassion for them girls and for that brother. I believe there was a real feel of compassion there. It wasn't it wasn't necessarily everything that you hear all the time. You know I hear pre- preachers always say and I preached it that he cried because of their unbelief. Well, maybe it was Maybe there's a little bit of compassion in there as well. Maybe his cry was because he felt their pain. You know, that's exactly what the Bible says. There, in, the, there in, uh, in our scriptures, where the Bible talks about in Romans 8 and 26 that he takes our infirmities. You look that up in the Greek, and it means our feelings. It does mean even even all the way to our sicknesses, our weaknesses. You take all that into consideration, and when Jesus feels our infirmities, I believe he feels our heartaches. I believe he feels the times when our our hearts are broken. And I believe he I believe he has that moaning moment as well for his children we've all gone through situations and times in our lives when we've been hurt hearts have been broken loved ones have slipped away into eternity sometimes with warning sometimes without with without any warning Sometimes I can't say which one could hurt the most. They're gone. And just like Mary and Martha there in John 11, their hearts were broken. And all those around, all the friends of Lazarus, their hearts were broken. And the Bible says that Jesus wept. And he said, show me where you laid him. Folks, I want you to know something today. He was there because of compassion. He showed himself to be a compassionate Savior. That's what a friend does for you. He's there for you in your time of heartache. Your time of hardship. Your times of uh, of not knowing what to do and what answer to give. That's the times when you need a friend the most, isn't it? Folks, I want you to know something. As brothers and sisters of Christ, we have the greatest thing with each other. But we also we also have the the very greatest, and that's the friend of Jesus being Jesus' friend. Yes, in Matthew chapter 8 and Romans in chapter 8, both of them use the word infirmities. That's weakness, illness, heartaches. There in the Greek, that's the way He comes to us. He likes to comfort our hardships and our heartaches. Do you know Him? Do you have that hope today? Do you have that in your mind today? About Jesus being that one who is able to touch the very depths of your heartache. You see, that's what He does as a friend. And as I've said before, those those who have suffered such things of loss of loved ones, who are not saved by the grace of God, I don't know where they go for hope. I don't know what they, what they, what, how they receive any help except for what more mortal man can give them. And I'm thankful to know a friend like Jesus who's able to touch the deepest part of your hurt. That region that no man, woman can even get close to. You see, we all have those regions, don't we, that nobody knows anything about the deepest parts of our heart. That's the part that Jesus can touch. I pray today that God moves upon your heart. My prayer today is that you'll know Jesus firsthand as a real friend. A friend who loves like no other. And a friend who will never leave you nor forsake you. You can receive him today. You can take that friend today. You can have him by trusting him as Savior. Knowing that he died on the cross for your sins. Paid your sin debt. You come trusting in him. and He'll save you. You'll have the greatest friend that you've ever known. Let's all stand, please.